Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Welcome to Rico Bronia. And ladies and gentlemen, before I say another word, I present to you the sounds of a toy that was sent to me a few months ago via FOCO. Ladies and gentlemen, my Edwin Diaz toy. It's a bobblehead, too, so his head is jiggling right now, too. But now, instead of the the pre-produced Timmy Trumpet, we give you the toy Timmy Trumpet. Uh, But yes, the New York Mets waste no time. They immediately re-sign Edwin Diaz, which basically confirmed my belief, confirmed your belief, confirmed everybody's belief. Because remember, we put it out on Twitter not that long ago, a couple days ago, saying, who are you most confident in the Mets re-signing, not who do you want them to re-sign, none of that, just who do you think is the most likeliest guy to be re-signed of the big three free agents, Jacob DeGrom, Brandon Nimmo, and Edwin Diaz. And Edwin Diaz won in a landslide. It was like 80% of the vote, and the New York Mets took all the doubt away day one of free agency. It was basically day zero. I wouldn't even call it day one. It was day zero of free agency. They agreed to a contract that, I think we pretty much expected, if you go back and listen to our Edwin Diaz free agent preview episode where we talked all about Diaz, his time here, his free agency, how to replace him, we pretty much said it's either going to be five or six years and it's going to break $100 million. I I think my official guess was five years, 105, so I'll be off by a few million dollars because it's looking like it's going to be five years, 102. There'll be an opt-out after year three. 
By the way, if Edwin Diaz opts out after year three, that's awesome because that means he was amazing for three years. And Edwin Diaz would look at how good he had been over those three years and say, yeah, I could do better than that. I'll make more than $20 million. So I, I, I always laugh about opt-outs because I really think it's good for the team. If that guy is opting out, that means they were great. That means they did something that warrants them thinking, hey, let me opt out. I can make more money. So it's not a surprising contract. It's a record-breaking contract. You figured uh, looking at Aroldis Chapman's old deal, looking at how good Diaz is, and also looking at the fact that there aren't a lot of great closers in baseball. This is what it was going to need to be. Five years, 105, five years, 102 in that range. So I'm good with it. Hoff, I assume you were ecstatic when you saw the news earlier today. Oh, my God. When I got the text from you, I was cleaning out my garage, and I was like, what the hell is this? And um, I was ecstatic wasn't even the word. I was euphoric. And it just means, like, what we've been talking about, this is a no BS winter. That, that it's already started that they're just Steve Cohen is just going to start dishing out money. And I like it. First of all, I'm, I'm thrilled that I broke the news to you now. I didn't even <laughs> realize that, you know, because usually when there's a, a tweet, whether it's John Heyman or Jeff Passan, in this case, I saw it from Jeff Passan. Uh, I end up getting like five different people sending me the news. So if you send it to me, you may not have broken me the story. So when I sent it to you, I figured I probably got it from three other people, four other people. <laughs> so I feel very special that I sent that news to you. But it was great to see. And it was surprising in terms of how quickly it happened. Uh, not surprising that the Mets re-signed him, obviously. But the fact that the World Series ended, I'd say, 10 hours. And then, boom, Edwin Diaz re-signs. I think shows you a couple things. Number one, what you said, the Mets aren't effing around. They clearly identified Diaz as one of their main priorities, and they made him the highest-paid closer in the history of baseball. So they obviously rewarded him, uh, but also that it was so quick. Like, they could have signed him five days from now. Wouldn't have surprised me, but I think for it to happen so quickly after the World Series ended, yes, shows that they mean business, but it also shows that they needed to keep him. You know, we kind of talked about it in the Diaz episode, replacing him was going to be impossible. I mean, looking at some of the alternatives, whether it was Kenley Jansen or making some kind of expensive trade or promoting Seth Lugo, who you'd have to resign saying, Oh yeah, by the way, you're the closer. None of those ideas were good. The best idea was Edwin Diaz. And look, there's no exact science to winning a world championship. Obviously. I remember a couple of years ago when the Dodgers won it in 2020, Kenley Jansen sucked. The, the Dodgers were getting saves from, Multiple different people. Julio Urias saved game six. Blake Trinan, I think, saved game five. So not every team that wins a World Series has a dominant closer. But if you look back at the last two, and certainly the one that just ended, how good was Ryan Presley? I mean, look what he did during the postseason. He saved six games. He gave up one unearned run, pitched over 10 innings, and was great. And you go back a year earlier, even though this guy didn't even make the postseason roster of his team this year, but Will Smith was the closer of the Atlanta Braves. Same thing. 10 scoreless innings, six saves was really, really important towards the Braves run into winning a championship. So having a dominant closer is a major, major help. Now, what, what we also saw in the series against San Diego and in the series against Atlanta is that if you don't have a lead, 
your closer can be deemed irrelevant. And so I get that. Look, we, we all understand that. We all understand that having the best closer in baseball, assuming Edwin Diaz can remain in that position as the best closer in baseball, doesn't guarantee anything. He needs leads to hold. So as we saw in the series against San Diego, when Buck Showalter's desperately bringing him into a game already trailing, you need to have a lead. You need to have many leads for that closer to be the difference maker that he was for a team that won 101 games. But it's also a really tough role, and it's very difficult to find the right guy for the job. And I even look at our own history as Met fans. John Franco was here for 14 years, and even though he drove us nuts, he was a great closer for this team, or at least a very good closer for this team. But you look at replacing John since his heyday. Think about how many different guys have had the job, have had some good years, but in the biggest of big moments failed for us. Think about all the closers since John Franco. Think of Armando Benitez. Think of Braden Looper. Think of Bobby Parnell. Even Billy Wagner, who they wouldn't trust to pitch in a tie game at home in game seven of the National League Championship Series. Frankie Rodriguez had his moments, but we have gone through so many freaking closers over the last two decades. And Edwin Diaz, miraculously, because it didn't start that great, didn't start amazingly well, Edwin Diaz has a chance to go down as maybe the greatest closer this franchise has ever had. He's here for five more years. And his story that he's written here has been odd in the fact that his first year here ended up being so horrible by the end. But 2020 was okay. 2021 was better. And obviously 2022 is dominant. So he's been here for four years. He signed for five more years. And now you hope that he's got many a lead to protect over the next five years. But I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they got it out of the way. I'm glad they took that part of the offseason's drama away because building a bullpen is going to be a priority for Billy Epler. He doesn't have a lot of pieces already signed. So at least having your back-end guy and a guy who's shown he can be used in multiple different ways by Buck Showalter was very valuable, and I'm thrilled they got it done. With that said, my wife made a comment to me at the dinner table tonight that I need to repeat to all of you. She said, you're not happy enough, Evan. I said, excuse me? The Jets beat the Buffalo Bills in shocking fashion. The Mets signed Edwin Diaz. What do you you mean? And she said, honey, when you came downstairs and heard about the Diaz news, do you remember what you told me? And I said, what did I tell you? Why don't you tell me? Why don't you tell the audience of Rico Bronia what I told you that made you, my wife, think I'm not appreciative of the Mets bringing back Edwin Diaz. And then I'll let Pete Hoffman decide. And he can say if I'm appreciative or not. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. So apparently when I came downstairs to tell my wife and son the news that Diaz re-signed, I said this. Hey guys, I wish it was Jacob DeGrom, but Edwin Diaz re-signed for five years. And my son was like, yay! And my wife's like, oh, that's great. And I responded by saying, no, it's great. I'm really happy. But when I saw breaking news, Mets agreed a contract, I was really hoping it was going to be DeGrom. So does that make me unappreciative, Pete? No, it doesn't make you unappreciative. It just, it's just, 
Diaz, I think we all knew that that was going to happen. I still think that the the Degrom is is the big lingering, uh, you know, move that we need to see happen. Like Mets fans don't want to see him go. I don't think we want to see him go. I think we are expecting him to leave. But again, like I think that that's the piece that's going to help really mold twenty twenty three Mets is if Degrom is on this team. So that's really like that. That would be like a. Like I remember the quote from from uh, Paul Dettino back in the day when we was announcing a pregame Giants game and like whatever it's nobody gives a crap it's the fourth quarter and they scored a touchdown but you hear Paul Dettino down the line we're back in the game baby that's what I would feel if the Grom <laughs> signed with the Mets today we're back in it Diaz is great but the Grom would be that much better yeah yeah that's. I want DeGrom back for two reasons. I want him back because, A, we're back in the game. You've got the two-headed monster, and you hope that Scherzer and DeGrom are more effective this time around in the biggest game possible. But to me, it's deeper than that. He's Jacob DeGrom, and I I can't see him in another uniform. It will bother me to no end. And, you know, Mark kind of makes these comments recently which caused Met fans to think, oh, wow, something's going on with Jake, where Mark kind of said, I spoke to Jake. Jake loves it here. Jake wants to stay. And all of a sudden, there's this momentum from Zach Wheeler's comments to Noah Syndergaard's comments to now Mark Anna's comments that Jake loves it here. That everything we had heard prior to that, maybe it's not true. Look, I'll be perfectly honest. I have no idea what Jacob DeGrom wants. I'm not going to overreact to Mark Anna's comments, nor am I going to overreact to the idea that his wife and family doesn't like it here. Because the truth is, none of us know. I have no idea. But what scares me is the idea that the Mets would be outbid for Jacob DeGrom. I can't live with that one. That will piss me off to no end. And I may be in the minority, and you and I may be in the minority, because I think there'd be a lot of Mets fans who say, look, we needed Diaz more. We signed this guy. We got that guy. He's always hurt. Let him go to Texas. We'll replace him with this or that. And it's deeper than that. He is a future Hall of Famer who should wear a Met hat and spend his entire career with one team. So I wouldn't want to be outbid on that guy. And I've said this about Aaron Judge. I know it's different, but it's the same. I can't let a legendary guy on my team leave because someone else offered him more money. He wants to leave because he wants to play somewhere else. Fine, you tip your hat, you move on. But I can't live in a world in which the Rangers offered to Grom more money or more years and I know I'm going to hear some Mets fans say, but the Mets made a smart decision. They made a prudent decision. Sometimes I don't want to be prudent. Sometimes I don't want to be smart. So I guess my wife's right. As happy as I am that Edwin Diaz is back. Look, I'm playing the trumpets with my figurine. I'm glad that he's back. I, I was hoping that the tweet would have said something different, which is Jacob DeGrom and the Mets agree on a brand new contract. So. She's right. I'm wrong. I'm not appreciative enough. But but just to, to, ca- to caveat the whole situation, if the Mets or the Yankees, with their respective free agent, top free agent, DeGrom or Judge, are saying, I'm going to outbid everybody for this one player, but that's basically what I'm doing, you can't have that. You you can't have DeGrom be the last guy that they a big name they sign. That's it. I don't think the Mets will do that. See, if if you're t- if people, I think their mind frame is Jacob DeGrom. If they p- send, spend you know 
$50 million a year on a guy, that's it. They're out of the running on everybody else. I don't see that being the case. I do see that in the with the Yankees, with Judge. I do see that. I don't see that with Cohen. I just don't. Well, I hope so. And I think this was a great first sign that maybe his priority will be, I'm going to take care of my guys, and then I'll still go out and spend money to improve this team. But they had three big free agents, Edwin Diaz, Jacob DeGrom, and Brandon Nemo. One down, two to go. One down, two to go. Edwin Diaz is back. Now I wait for the passing bomb or the Heyman bomb in the next three days, at least I'm hoping, that says DeGrom and the Mets have a brand new contract. Now, coming up today on Rico, we are finally going to do it. We are finally going to speak to the man himself. My favorite Met growing up, your favorite Met now, Rico Bronya. And also coming up this week on Rico Bronya, we're having a special week. Now, also, anytime there's breaking news, we'll have special instant reaction, emergency podcast, whatever you want to call it, to any kind of breaking news. So you never know how often we'll do a Rico Bronya. But we also have Trade Week, which I'm very excited about. Trade Week is something that you hate on Sports Talk Radio, but you secretly love it. And on a podcast, we're going to give you everything you want of it. Coming up on Trade Week, two different episodes. First, we will bring in a Yankee fan. And we will create the fictitious, never going to happen, but it's always fun to dream about it, New York Yankees, New York Mets trades. I will present those trades. We'll have a Yankee fan say if they'll do it. Pete will represent all Met fans and tell us if he'll do it. Also on Trade Week, we come up with fair, because that's the key here, fair creative trades all around Major League Baseball. Because if the Mets aren't going to go out on an active spree of just signing random free agents, they may improve their team via trades. So, look, the rule of trade week is we want the trades to be fair. Sometimes I'll create a trade. You'll say that's not really fair. Sometimes I'll create a trade. You'll say the Mets aren't getting enough. But I will try my hardest, and you will try your hardest, because we're going to take your tweets when you have trade suggestions, uh, to make it as fair as possible. I'm even going to go to the trade czar, Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton is a member of my fantasy baseball league, but he's also famous for the guy who came up with a trade idea that I presented to John Heyman on WFAN. And then three months later, the trade happened. Adam Eaton created it. It was a minor trade, but in case you forgot, he said, ask John if the Mets would trade Jonathan Neese to the Pirates for Neil Walker. And John said, that trade doesn't make any sense. And then two months later, it happened. So we'll get his opinions too. So any fair trade ideas that you have, tweet it at us and we'll pick some of the best ones and we'll go through it and we'll analyze it because I really believe if we put our brains together during trade week, we will actually come up with a trade that happens. We will predict a trade and then we can go back, replay the audio. And if it's me or if it's Peter, if it's one of our listeners, we'll give you all the credit in the world. I created that trade. Billy Epler downloaded Rico Bronya, heard it, and proposed it. So trade week coming up on Rico Bronya. I know you're excited, Pete, because I love trade week. And I I guarantee you that we will text and tweet at John Heyman and let him know that we had it first. You're damn right we will. <laughs> we'll say, yeah, Rico Bronya reported that in the second week of November. <laughs> so that's coming up this week. And, of course, anytime there's breaking news, at some point, 
Pete and I will record a podcast. We do have lives, you know. I host afternoon drive. Pete's doing middays. We both have a bunch of kids running around. So just give us a, I would say this when there's breaking news. And I think this is very fair. Within 24 hours, we will definitely produce for you a Rico Bronia. All right. We'll do the best we can. I promise.